Greetings to all of you. What a wonderful time we celebrate here at the Feast of Tabernacles. 2020 has been a year as no other. Natural disasters described as being of biblical proportions, such as the locust plagues and record flooding in East Africa, the coronavirus and the resulting lockdowns and economic upheavals, riots, anarchy, and the destruction of historical monuments in America and elsewhere. And 2020 is not yet over. While the world is rocked by violence and discord, we are thankful for a better time that is coming. These last four festivals of God point to a time to come in the future. They begin with the seven trumpets of the day of the Lord. We know that is going to be a very intense trial on mankind for a one-year period in the future. But the seventh trumpet points to the return of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of his faithful servants. Next, we see a wonderful event, the removal of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the world, stirring up hatred and disharmony. And then comes this glorious Feast of Tabernacles that points to a thousand years of peace, harmony, good health, and prosperity beyond what the world has ever known. And of course, we're also looking forward to the wonderful last great day that demonstrates the love and fairness of Almighty God toward every single human who has ever lived. These feasts give us the details of God's plan. But the summary of that plan was given at the very beginning when God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Yes, God is building a family from men and women from all tribes and nations, and He is using us to carry that message around the world. 2020 has been a difficult and stressful year for many of us, but the work that God is doing through us has continued, and we can take courage from the fact that God is using this crisis to further His work. For this year's Behind the Work presentation, we'll take a short trip to see what is happening around the world as we continue to preach the good news of Christ's coming kingdom and to be a witness to an unrepentant world. We'll see how God's growing family is thriving even in the time of COVID-19 and all the fallout from it. We'll first go up north to hear from a gentleman, one that I know quite well, Mr. Stuart Wahabich. He took over the reins in 2015 after I left Canada, where I served for 13 and a half years. A lot has happened in the last five years, so Mr. Wahabich, please give us an update on how things are going up north, especially focusing on the challenges and triumphs during this year which has been like no other. Warm greetings from over 900 Canadians keeping the fall festival at five sites across the country, or who for reasons of age, ill health, or great distance were unable to travel and are linked to daily services from one of our locations. This year, the brethren in this nation are meeting in Liverpool, Nova Scotia, Drummondville, Quebec, Kingston, Ontario, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, and High River, Alberta. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused a great deal of social and economic upheaval in most countries around the world. Canada has not been spared. Many Canadians have been put out of work, 
and a large number of businesses are struggling to survive. At the beginning of the pandemic, some of us were deeply concerned that the situation would have a considerably negative impact on the church's ability to pursue the work of preaching the gospel and of supporting local congregations. Logically, things should have been difficult, but God has sustained the church through this time. In actual fact, we found the church is growing. God maintained and grew our financial capacity, and we increased significantly our television coverage both in French and English. The work launched the new Point de Vue, the French language viewpoint series, on the Internet, and there were more requests for Bible courses than in the previous two years combined. We currently have 43 congregations across the country, uh, served by six full-time, five part-time, and 11 ministers working without pay, who are making a huge contribution to our abilities. We have over 1,000 potential attendees, but many of our members and prospective members live at great distances from a church congregation. Adam Hatkaituk, for example, lives on King William Island in Canada's High Arctic. He's one of over 200 subscribers in Canada's Arctic territories who found the program online. Adam was recently featured on a viewpoint in which he described life in a small Arctic community of Guayahaven. Here's an example of a person whom God has called in an extremely remote area of the world and who is responding to that calling. This reminds us of Romans 10 verse 18 where Paul stated, But I say, have they not all heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. For Adam, as for thousands of God's people keeping this feast today, the world is in a crisis. With displays of anger and hatred and expressions of rebellion and fear all too common. It is a world where sorrow and disappointment are frequent emotions, and it seems to be moving more in that direction every day. For the brethren in Canada, as is the case of our people around the world, this feast gives us a vision which will enable us to see past the problems of the present time to a day when the world will be full of joy, peace, and plenty as the result of humans finally agreeing to submit to the will of their Creator. The difference is going to be dramatic. And this vision, this hope, this promise is strengthened in our minds annually at the Feast of Tabernacles. It is a sure vision, a vision that unites us all in common purpose and mission as the called out ones from all nations of the earth. We certainly thank Mr. Weston and the headquarters team for their wonderful leadership and all they do for us uh, on their part to help us prepare for the fulfillment of the great meaning of these days which we are keeping at this time. So all of us in Canada send you all our greetings and we pray the feast will be encouraging for all of us that we may strive together for a great common goal. We appreciate the work being done from Canada, much of it behind the scenes as they provide support for many other parts of the world. 
For example, they pay for mailing the Tomorrow's World magazine to many international areas. Moving on, Carol and I took a trip south of the border in January to visit our Mexico City congregation for the first time. And what a warm welcome we received. Mexico is only one of many countries served by Regional Director Senor Mario Hernandez. So to tell us about how Central and South America are progressing, Mr. Hernandez. Dear brethren, I have good news for you from the Spanish work. Although I shouldn't say the Spanish work, I should say the work of God in Spanish. We are all part of one work. But the work of God is thriving in the midst of this crisis. Like we often say, it's been a blessing in disguise. We have new members since the beginning of the pandemic in Argentina, Chile, Venezuela, Colombia, and Mexico. These people were looking for answers that they could not find anywhere else, but they found them in the house of God, in the church of the living God. The total numbers of views of the Tomorrow's World Spanish Channel has reached 44,200,000 since its inception. The number of views so far this year, the year 2020, is 16,250,000. It's an exponential growth, brethren, what we are seeing. We have now 325,000 subscribers to our channel. People that request to be sent every program, every new telecast that is recorded every single week. We have been studying this job and people are now attached to it. This crisis has been a catalyst to strengthen the bonds of brotherhood in the church. The brethren are in contact with each other. They pray for those that are sick and send messages of comfort and keep track of their improvement towards health. They send notes of comfort and encouragement. And those that are able have sent financial help to those that are in need. They all long for the moment when we will be able to gather together again in person. We have not seen any manifestations of dissent against the church guidelines about how to tackle the present distress. Brethren, we are very thankful to see the hand of Jesus Christ, our chief shepherd, caring and providing for his flock. Many of you expressed great joy when Mr. Hernandez was ordained an evangelist earlier this year. He's a dear friend and a brother in Christ. Mr. Robert Tyler oversees the Australasian region made up of many different cultures and peoples. In February, I had the opportunity to visit some of our family in the Philippines and Thailand. 
along with leaders from Australia, Burma, Sri Lanka, and Malaysia. A highlight of that trip, and there were many, was to meet Mr. Thomas Teal Ho, our patriarch from Burma, and someone that I'd heard of for decades. But to give you more details about not only Thailand and Burma, but about the whole diverse Australasian region, Mr. Tyler, tell us about the work of God in your area of responsibility. Thank you, Mr. Weston, and warm feast greetings to everyone around the world. Certainly uh, wonderful to be able to speak with you, and I certainly do hope that you've been having a fantastic Feast of Tabernacles so far this year, wherever you are. As Mr. Weston mentioned, have the opportunity to serve God's people here in the Australasian region, which does include the Philippines as well. And uh, we are certainly very excited to be able to keep the Feast of Tabernacles a little bit differently this year. We have 19 uh, official feast sites around the region, some of those a little bit smaller than we'd normally have. Some of our groups, unfortunately, were not able to meet together as we would typically do. But in spite of what's happening uh, with the coronavirus, we've still been able to plan and prepare for and fellowship together and observe the feast and, and worship God uh, during these days. It's hard to know exactly uh, what the future holds. It seems like things uh, are changing um, almost on a daily basis. You know, our plan is for everyone to be uh, gathered together, but we do realize that even in the last moments, certain governments or districts may uh, change their policies, and uh, we may, in fact, uh, see that some people will, will need to, to be at home this year keeping the feast. And, of course, none of us want that. But isn't it amazing how the technology that's available to us today is really unifying God's people? And not only unifying, but allowing us to uh, reach into parts of the world through the technology, through the internet, where we are able to live stream a whole service from singing hymns, sermonettes, special music, the sermon, opening, closing prayer. It's just a marvelous thing. And we uh, now have brethren who have been so very isolated in parts of India, uh, in Sri Lanka, in the Philippines, who are now feeling as though they're one, a part of the body uh, in a very real and interactive way that they've never been able to experience before. But we are certainly grateful to be able to keep the Feast uh, of Tabernacles in spite of the coronavirus, this pandemic that is just sweeping around the, the globe. Thankfully, in, in the region of Asia-Pacific, we've had no members who have tested positive to the coronavirus, which is a wonderful blessing considering what's happening in this region. We, you know, typically as a result of this, we are finding, as I mentioned, the, the brethren are actually becoming closer together in the fact that they're calling each other, um, they're keeping an eye on each other, they're checking up on each other. Um, being aware of the needs in a way that perhaps we've not seen before. And so the, the silver lining, if you, if you will, to this virus is that the unity, the togetherness that the church members are experiencing is uh, something very unique and very special. And not only that, it's given us an opportunity to even connect more closely with headquarters. And we've been able to, to watch and live stream, perhaps a little bit late in our time zones, 
watch uh, Mr. Weston, our presiding evangelist, watch his messages, you know, a day or a week later. And uh, that's been really helpful to to really bring us together, to keep us on track and up to date uh, with what Mr. Weston is thinking and some of the decisions that he's making. And that, again, has been really helpful for the brethren so that they feel uh, comforted to know that Mr. Weston's, you know, making those decisions, those really tough decisions, and and certainly with uh, the letters that he's sending out and, and his updates on the Internet certainly have been able to keep the brethren informed, but also, again, unified in one mind and one spirit in that way. And we have been very uh, fortunate that uh, God has protected us uh, in so many ways. Of course, in Australia, we've had natural disasters. We've had floods and we've had fires and we've had, we've had drought. And now economically, this country is in, in really difficult shape. Uh, in places like the Philippines, many of our brethren for months now have been locked down, very restricted in where they've been able to travel. And certainly in, in places like uh, Malaysia, uh, Sri Lanka, in Indonesia, uh, they've also faced their own challenges. However, in New Zealand, you know, they were locked down for a couple of weeks. Their Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern, uh, made some very tough decisions in the beginning, but basically primarily eradicated the virus from the nation of New Zealand. And they've gone from very strict restrictions to basically uh, life as normal and uh, they're certainly very blessed in that way. Uh, for the most part the members have been able to now get to back together for weekly Sabbath services uh, but we do again we do have the live streaming which we're able to broadcast into some of the remotest isolated parts in this region. Uh, one of the situations that I would like to mention and you might keep it in your prayers is our elder uh, Mr. Tua Le Bay in Thailand, when the pandemic struck, he and his wife were unfortunately in separate countries. His wife was in England and, and he was in Thailand, but actually he was in the United States for the ministerial conference. And by the time he got home, everything happened so quickly. His wife and, and young daughter weren't able to get back into Thailand. And so they have actually been separated now since March of this year. They're not even sure when the government will again allow expats, foreigners to come back into the country. So you might keep that in your prayers. But overall, I want everyone to know that by and large, the brethren in this part of the region are certainly in good health. They're in good spirits. They're very positive. And, you know, as Christ says, when all these things begin to happen, we're to look up because our redemption is drawing near, because it means that Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, really, brethren, is, is it feels like it's just around the corner now. And, you know, we know that there are things that are still yet to happen. We need to be watching and praying. But we are seeing more and more Bible prophecy being fulfilled, or at least coming together to be fulfilled. And it's a, certainly a very, very exciting thing for us to be witness to. So, brethren, from uh, the Asia-Pacific region, from the Philippines, we want to extend to everyone around the world our, our warm greetings, our love, and our wishes for everyone to have just a fantastic Feast of Tabernacles this year, 2020, in spite of what's going on around the world. We are seeing growth in the work 
We're seeing increases in income. Of course, in Australia and New Zealand in particular, uh, we're seeing around about a, a 6% increase in income in both countries. And something really exciting is that in the past four years or so, Australia has seen around about a 12% increase in attendance. And New Zealand, amazingly, has seen uh, around about a 45% increase in attendance in New Zealand. So things are happening. Uh, the work is growing. We're very excited about so many of the projects that Mr. Weston is working on. And uh, we're certainly fully thankful that Jesus Christ, as the head, is working uh, in the church and doing wonderful things in the living church of God. So, brethren, have a fantastic feast. May this be the best feast ever. I think you can begin to see why all these men need our prayers. Although Mr. Tyler is young compared to some of the rest of us, his job is a big one. No matter where I traveled in January and February, the same Spirit of God was evidenced. From Thailand, I moved on to South Africa and Lesotho, a country within the territory of South Africa. I asked Regional Director Peter Nathan to have the men set my schedule to visit as many brethren as possible, knowing that it may be a while before I'm able to return. Mr. Botha and Ferreira took the directive seriously, but what a joy it was to meet so many dear brethren. Mr. Peter Nathan oversees not only South Africa, but the whole continent of Africa, the United Kingdom, all of Europe, and the Middle East. Mr. Nathan, how are things going in your part of the world? Thank you very much, Mr. Weston. The brethren in South Africa really enjoyed your visit, and they hope that you will come again to visit them very shortly. Hello, everyone. I bring you greetings from Britain, where I live. And I also bring you greetings from the many brethren scattered over the wide area administered from here in the United Kingdom. We take care we administer an area that stretches from the Arctic Circle in the north to Cape Town in the south. And from the waters of a bay of Galway in the west and the Emerald Isle, all the way to the waters of the Persian Gulf in the east. As an area, it's very diverse. But we've been bound together through the trial of the past few months by holding online services. English-speaking brethren from Europe and Africa joined together in services with brethren from the United Kingdom. Those contributing to these services could be from anywhere within that geographical area. The French-speaking brethren from Europe, West and Central Africa, and the Isles of the Indian Ocean, Reunion and Mauritius, joined together with the brethren in Charleroi, Belgium, for services each week as well. So between the French and the English-speaking services, over 600 people are online for services each Sabbath throughout this region. For those brethren, especially in Africa, who cannot connect online, 
we put together a package which includes hymns, prayers, sermonette, announcements, and a sermon, and send it out to them via WhatsApp, a phone app. They can either watch the service or they can listen to the service depending on their means and what their cell phone plan provides for. Here in the United Kingdom, the period of a pandemic has seen record growth in literature requests, especially the Tomorrow's World Bible Correspondence Course. In the past four months, we have sent out over 17 boxes of the Correspondence Course, a threefold increase over the same period of 2019. Now, let me put 2019 in its context. 2019 was our best year for literature requests to date. As of July 2020, we have already surpassed the 2019 totals. So people throughout the region are seeking answers to spiritual questions that exist that can't be adequately answered by human reason alone. Coronavirus has created its own opportunities and challenges. Husbands and wives, for instance, have washed each other's feet at the Passover, possibly for the first time, as we kept the Passover in our own homes. But keeping Passover at home created its own challenge in Kenya. Wine is not readily available to our brethren, who live along the shores of Lake Victoria in western Kenya. It's sold only in the largest cities in the area. Wine simply is a luxury that the brethren can never afford. Normally speaking, we buy the wine in Nairobi and send it to the congregations and the matter is taken care of. But this year, we had to get it to 200 homes, not just nine congregations. We were able to get some small plastic bottles, put a measure of wine into each, and then distribute those to the congregations so that the brethren who normally live within walking distance could collect prior to the Passover. So the Passover was held with much rejoicing and thanks. Going forward from the Passover, we have a growing interest by groups throughout Africa who are looking to Living Church of God for spiritual leadership. This is not a new feature of Africa. In the early 1960s, shortly after the church was established in Cape Town, or in South Africa, a small group in Cape Town approached us wanting to be part of the church. Their background was from the SDA congregation. They became the, the foundation of our church in the Cape. And the son of the leader of that group is still a member of Living Church of God to this day. Now, 
with the demise of the Church of God Seventh-day Jerusalem, a group founded by Andrew Duggar and located in Jerusalem since the early 1950s, we've had a number of congregations in Kenya who sought our leadership, our spiritual leadership. Most recently, we have had inquiries from the people or congregations of that same group from Burundi wishing to become part of Living Church of God. In Togo and Ghana, two countries side by side contiguous in West Africa, we've been approached by a group who already call themselves Living Church of God and who date back to the 1970s when Mr. Harold Jackson was the minister and pastored the brethren in West Africa. Other groups in that same area who have sought to keep the faith since the 1990s are now also seeking to associate with us. The coronavirus has prevented any visits with these groups up until this time, but as restrictions are lifted, we will be visiting them. The pandemic has created chaos in the lives of the people through job losses, especially in the developed societies such as found in Europe and in South Africa. But also in the rural economies of Africa, disruption has occurred. Kenya is a case in point. First came the locusts spreading from the Horn of Africa across northern Kenya into Uganda. Then came COVID-19, which led to a shutdown of the economies of Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. Then came the rains. Rain fell until the level of Lake Victoria rose by 13 feet. That's more than twice my height. Lake Victoria is the third largest freshwater body of water in the world after Lake Superior and the Caspian Sea. With the locusts, the COVID in the south, the rain in the west, Kenya's economy, fragile at best, has been battered. Locusts destroy foodstuff. COVID-19 disrupted the tourist trade. Kenya's largest form of foreign exchange. And the rain washed away the produce of the western part of the country. Excessive rain led to landslides. Rain caused a quarter million people to be displaced. And at last count, over 200 people had lost their lives. The majority of the brethren in Kenya and Tanzania live close to the edge of Lake Victoria and have suffered from the excessive rains, have seen their crops destroyed. Hunger is a specter that these people now face, especially those who are city dwellers who have no opportunity to grow food for themselves. But yet, throughout all of these problems, a work is being done. And our Father is enabling the seed we are broadcasting to take root. We pray that it brings forth a harvest to his honor and glory.
Thank you, Mr. Nathan. What a massive area of very diverse peoples you serve. Another regional director serves a large number of island nations that we know as the Caribbean. Many do not realize that he also serves in Guyana and northern Brazil. As anyone who knows him, he is another one of our high-energy directors. In addition to the congregations he serves in South Texas, Mr. Rick Stafford island hops throughout the Caribbean and northern South America, serving many nations and peoples. To tell us more about that colorful part of the world in which God is calling sons and daughters to be part of his family, we will now hear from Mr. Rick Stafford. Warm greetings, faithful brethren. Can you believe this is my 56th Feast of Tabernacles? I find that hard to believe how rapidly time has gone by. I look back over my past feasts, and I remember many that we did as a family, and every other year we'd try to go international. And I'd often ask my children where they wanted to go, and they always, always chose a place with warm, sandy beaches and palm trees. And now here I am privileged and honored to be able to work with the team covering the Caribbean region. It's a very diverse region, many with warm, sandy beaches and palm trees, but their cultures are different. Their languages are different. In fact, this year at the feast, we have 10 feast sites. We have five different languages. And thankfully, we are able to stream with the French and with the Spanish and with the English to be able to assist because this year we don't have the luxury to be able to transfer speaking ministers in. But as diverse as these areas are, brethren, there's two things that stand out, two things that stand out for the area of the Caribbean. Number one, in spite of the difficulties that they've faced, and each of the areas has faced difficulties, uh, most are not really being adversely affected directly by the disease, and those that have have uh, recovered overall. However, each of the countries has various stages of lockdown. In other words, in one of the countries, they weren't even allowed to leave their houses except on certain one or two days of the week. So each country is different, and yet the brethren are doing overall quite well. Uh, some have lost their jobs. Uh, some have had their work restricted. But what we see are God's people pulling together, cooperating, and helping. In one case, we're seeing a family who put together seven boxes of food. And the next week, there were seven families that requested assistance. And so that was the perfect number of boxes to fit those families. And they got over the crisis that they were in. We also are noticing that in areas like the hinterlands, the village adjacent to where our members are was hit severely by the COVID. However, the village that our brethren are in has basically been free. And so we see God doing his part. But more than that, we see God's people pitching in. And it reminds me so much of Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, where the first century church of God was having difficulties in a crisis when it was beginning. And the brethren pulled together and helped each other. And this is what Christ said would happen in John 13, verse 35. 
he makes it clear that as times, especially as they get rougher, that God's people would shine as a light because the love they have one for another would become evident when other people are breaking down and other people are forming gangs and cliques and breaking down, getting what they want or need while they're getting as good. God's people will shine as a people that has a loving, outgoing concern for others. And it's a beautiful trait that we see throughout the Caribbean and, frankly, throughout the world with God's people. We also see a second valuable common trait throughout this diverse region, and that is that the brethren are really appreciative of each other and wanting to fellowship and are being held back. But thankfully, we have the online streaming. But this fellowship is more than with just each other. It's being part of this great work of God. It's the privilege of being called at this end time to be supportive and part of the work of God, even in their own areas where others can come to understand the great awesome plan that God has for all mankind. And these brethren are very grateful for God's guiding headquarters and giving the wisdom for decisions where we have no precedence and very grateful for how God is using the headquarters ministry with the team that Mr. Weston has around him, but also the multitude of counsel. So when he makes a decision, it's a decision that has been inspired by God. And the brethren appreciate that openness and that honesty and that care for the people and for the care for doing this work and continuing to do it in spite of being hampered by this pandemic. So, brethren, overall, we're seeing the brethren doing uh, quite well. The patience has been tried, but we are looking forward to getting over and getting back to normal and our traditional services. But in the meantime, it reminds me of a placard that I saw on the wall in high school. And as a wrestler, it was in the wrestling room. And it said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, brethren, we can paraphrase that and look at today's events. And that is when the going gets tough, and brethren, it will get tougher. Christ made that very clear to us. But those faithful will become stronger. It will make us stronger, more full of faith, more loving and outgoing concern for each other and for others. So, brethren, have a great and a wonderful, blessed Feast of Tabernacles. No presentation would be complete without a report from the United States. And to give that report, we have longtime evangelist, television presenter, and director of media, Mr. Richard Ames. So, Mr. Ames, please fill us in on what is happening here in the United States. Warm greetings to all our brethren and families around the world. God has given us what has been called the Great Commission. In fact, some Bibles insert that title after verse 15 in Matthew 28. Jesus commissioned his church in Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Our Lord gives us the encouragement to fulfill this mission when he says, 
All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. So we can have the confidence that he will bless the little flock in accomplishing the mission. God has blessed several initiatives in his work. So I'll give a brief report on the headquarters operations for editorial, media, finances, and the church. In 2020, the English edition of Tomorrow's World magazine circulation jumped 9.4% in just two months from July-August edition to the September-October edition. And from year to year, the circulation has increased 30% to 371,000. As Mr. Wesson mentioned in one of his weekly lcg.org church reports, we desire increased readership, not just circulation. So we have a renewal program asking subscribers after three years of no response, are you still interested in Tomorrow's World magazine? And do you want to renew your subscription? Yet even in the face of these renewal efforts, the number of subscribers continues to climb. I hope, brethren, that you are regularly reading Tomorrow's World magazine and following where Jesus Christ is leading. Years ago, I would always set a priority in reading the editorials of Mr. Armstrong, later Dr. Meredith, and now Mr. Weston. Also, be sure to read the up-to-date and informative articles in both Tomorrow's World magazine and the Living Church News. We also publish Tomorrow's World magazine in three other languages. Their circulation as of August 2020 is as follows. Spanish, approximately 23,500, about an 18% growth in the previous six months. French, approximately 8,500 subscribers, about 10% growth in the previous six months. Afrikaans, approximately 1,500 subscribers, about a 7% growth in the previous six months. In the first seven months of 2020, we received thousands of requests for our booklets. The most requested booklet has been Biblical Principles of Health by Dr. Douglas Renail, which was offered in the May 2020 semi-annual letter. As Mr. Wesson pointed out, God clearly directed the timing of this offer, which was decided long before the COVID-19 pandemic. As of August 2020, we have received more than 36,000 requests for this inspiring and timely booklet. One of the most influential literature offers that helped me personally back in 1960 when I first became interested in the work was the Ambassador Bible Correspondence Course. Even today, we believe that Tomorrow's World Bible Study Course helps subscribers move towards spiritual understanding that further helps them become potential members of God's church. In the first seven months of 2020, about 40,000 have requested lessons one through four and that's just in the U.S. alone. As it tells us in Revelation 3, verse 7, Jesus Christ is the one who opens and shuts doors. We thank Him for the open doors of various media. Since July of 2020, we've had 11 new broadcast stations and four new network times. They included Z Living, as well as new air times on CW Plus and WGN. Tomorrow's World Telecast is broadcast on over 120 TV stations worldwide in seven different languages, English, Spanish, French, German, Russian, Ukrainian, and Dutch. Brethren, I hope you regularly watch the telecast and make it one of your spiritual priorities. Some of our telecasts have been censored by stations in Europe, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand because they did not approve of our strong warnings of the national and individual sins. The prophet Isaiah tells us, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, 
Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. That's Isaiah 58, verse 1. As of July 2020, the telecast for the United States and Canada produced an average weekly response of 2,961. This is a 21% increase in the average weekly response from only six months ago. The telecast also produced more than 1,000 new subscribers each week. In fact, an average of 1,183 new subscribers each week, a 19% increase from only six months ago. God has called us to be His servants and be faithful stewards. All of the initiatives of preaching the gospel and feeding the flock are supported mainly by the tithes and offerings of you, faithful brethren. Christ tells us to pray for more laborers in the harvest. In Matthew 9, verse 38, Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. That means ministers, members, co-workers, and donors. God has blessed the income here in the United States in 2020. As of August 1, 2020, mail and online income was up 9.5% over last year. The three Holy Day offerings were up 6.4% over last year. However, we have received notice of certain estates willed to the church that should increase the overall income by the end of 2020 significantly. Remember the revelation by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 5. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. When we pray for our daily bread, as Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 and verse 11, remember to ask God to give increase to His work here on earth. At the Feast of Tabernacles, we're rejoicing before God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are God's royal family and brothers and sisters in Christ. In 2019, more than 11,000 celebrated the feast in 67 sites in 34 countries. In 2020, we expect to celebrate the feast at 82 sites in 41 countries, 23 of those sites in the United States. Because of the pandemic, we plan smaller feast sites, and we're thankful that God has provided for our needs. As of August 2020, the Living Church of God has 400 congregations in 58 countries, 163 in the United States, and 237 in other countries. Additionally, we have 111 scattered members in 32 other countries where we currently do not have an established congregation. In total, we have members in 80 countries. As most of you know, we have a depth of biblical resources on our websites, lcg.org and lcgeducation.org. I hope you are taking advantage of the hundreds of sermons and Bible studies that are available. In 2015, we restarted our program of transcribing sermons for our brethren who are deaf or hard of hearing. To date, we have transcribed and distributed the transcriptions of close to 300 sermons, including feast day sermons. A team of 20 transcriptionists and proofreaders voluntarily help with their time and talents for this endeavor. Our English sermons are also translated into several other languages by brethren who freely volunteer to do this task. Some of the languages the sermons are commonly translated into are Dutch, French, German, Hindi, Indonesian, Kirundi, Swahili, and Thai. 
For many years now, headquarters ministers and local pastors have given Tomorrow's World presentations in local church areas. During 2019, 89 TWPs were held in the United States and 68 internationally. While the TWP program has been suspended because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we pray that the door will open once again for this special initiative. There are many more encouraging developments than we have time for. Brethren, keep your eyes on the goal of the kingdom. Keep growing the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Pray for the various initiatives and open doors for the gospel to go around the world. And remember Jesus' admonition in Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. May God bless you all as you observe his joyous Feast of Tabernacles. Thank you, gentlemen, for filling us in on these details today. And a hearty thank you to all of you, brethren, for your support of God's work. I think you can see that we barely scratched the surface today. God is doing a big work with a few people. And he is calling people from every tribe and nation to collectively be the bride of Christ at his return. God is building a royal family of which you and I are privileged to be a part. He is calling men and women to cast aside the destructive tendencies of our human nature to become his sons and daughters. As it tells us in 2 Corinthians the 6th chapter and verses 17 and 18, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Mr. Herbert Armstrong mentioned to us many times that people grow to the degree that they have their hearts in the work. This does not mean that we don't have to pray and study and have a relationship with God, what he meant was that we have been called now to do a work. It's not about personal salvation only. We must have outgoing concern for our fellow man from every tribe and nation around this world. As Paul tells us in Galatians, the third chapter, and verses 28 and 29, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So let's use this feast as an opportunity to grow together as a family, recommit to God's work, and be encouraged by the way God is intervening in the lives of His people all over this world. Now as a special treat, we have a virtual choir from all around the world singing from page 136 in our hymn book, Praise Ye the Lord the Almighty. It's been arranged by Everett McNair, directed by Mr. Jonathan McNair, and electronically constructed by Mr. Dylan King. <laughs> 